and welcome to Logan Sounds Off, where I talk about books, music and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Logan Kelly. And welcome to Logan Sounds Off. And today I'm talking to somebody who's very interesting and has done a massive amount of things, like massive, as you'll see throughout the interview. Amanda Callis. How are you, Amanda? Hi, Logan. I'm so excited to be here. Such a fan of the show. It's kind of surreal that I'm on. I've been following your episodes since we connected on Twitter, and it's been so much fun. Thank you so much, Amanda. And it's Brilliant to have you on. It's really, really amazing. Um, so first I would like to ask you, could you tell us, the listeners and me, a little bit about yourself? Sure. I've been I've been prepping hard for this question because this is the question that when people ask me this at parties, I'm just like, uh, uh, so I was like, I can't do that. I have to say something fascinating. <laughs> so I'll try to remember everything that I do. I forget myself. So um, I'm an indie filmmaker, a performer, a producer, um, a writer, and this year I've also got into publishing, um, running a small children's and YA a book publisher, Little Owl House, where we focus mostly on classics and some new releases. And um, I've released a couple of children's books this year. I have a few of my small films and film festivals around the world, which has been really fun. And um, I'm reviewing theater around LA uh, for a magazine, Discover Hollywood Magazine. So I've been going to check out a lot of um, new theater shows, which has been really fun. She just gave us a CV. That was an actual <laughs> TV there. That, that, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that, thank you, you answered that perfectly. And we're gonna come to a lot of the things you said there. And um, so first of all, I wanna start with one of the biggest parts of your life, which is movies. So I want to ask, how did you get into movies and films? And how did you get into the production aspect? Because it's quite a specialized aspect, production. It is, yeah. Well, um, I studied classics in college, Latin and Greek. Um, And while I was in college, I started getting involved in some of the classic plays like Lysistrata and some of the classic tragedies and I loved theater so much I'd always been really drawn to theater and um, live music performances which were a huge part of my life growing up going to opera and ballet and um, live bands of every kind and I'm so attracted to that energy so um, kind of after I um, graduated from Cambridge, I kind of had a fork in the road if I was going to do something more academic, which is where most people are going, or if I was just going to kind of throw caution to the winds and try something else. So I moved to LA. Um, I'm from San Diego originally, and um, I started doing a lot of theater, which was wonderful. And I did lots of classic plays like Shakespeare and um, not a lot of modern stuff, but some modern things too. And the more I acted and got involved, the more I kind of wanted to um, produce. So I started producing more theater. I started doing a live variety show where I had opera singers and fire breathers and comics and all kinds of people and lots and lots of music, which was a lot of fun. And um, somehow during this time in acting, I 
was in a lot of music videos and I did some films and I was on TV and I kind of got more interested in um, producing films and writing films and, and making films more um, because as much as I love theater and I think it's still my maybe my first love um, it's very ephemeral you you make a theater show and then it's on for a month or two at the most and then it's gone and I wanted to work on creating something that had sort of a permanence and I was always fascinated when I was on film sets at how they worked and um, so I started working on some digital things and then some small films and I really have enjoyed that process you know the production of a film as I'm sure you know is like um, it's hard to describe but it's kind of a condensation process where you work for hundreds and hundreds of days you know maybe years on something and then it all happens so fast like the, the the actual film shoot is just a tiny slice of all of that and um and then you're kind of back to post working on it afterwards and um and and then it's kind of that process so it's a strange experience um you know as an actor you just maybe you do rehearsals but usually on a film you're just there when they're shooting but um you know producing it's a it's a long, long, long time goes into like every single frame. And there's something about the care of that, the just exquisite curation of thinking about each frame and each shot and each word that I really love. You know what, that, that's, that's actually a brilliant, brilliant answer. And very interesting as well, because like a lot of people, I'm very weird in the fact, like when I started learning about films, and like how animation worked. I couldn't watch an animation movie without going in my head. How many frames were put there? Yeah. How many hairs did they have to <laughs> animate there? Like thousands upon thousands. And I was thinking about those kind of things. And it's very extraordinary that the, the people who are behind the scenes do a lot of, a lot of, a lot of very, very important work. Um, and I think that it's mad that people say, oh, watching the behind the scenes can take away from the magic. Like uh, some people wouldn't like to watch Harry Potter, the behind the scenes for Harry Potter. I thought it was brilliant because yeah. it showed how interesting they did everything and how the production worked and that the candles in the Great Hall hung from fishing hooks. Yeah. And the hitching hooks went on fire, which was very interesting. But anyways, um, I want to I want to move on to another question um, that's very interesting. And I want to go back to the beginning of your movie career. And um, what was the first movie you worked on, acting or producing? And what did you do? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, so the first films I worked on were as um, an actor and um, I think when I mean, I'm not even totally sure what the earliest film was, because when I started acting, I just kind of did a ton of them, uh, small films one after the other, but one really stands out. It was a small film. Um, it was kind of like a Woody Allen-esque kind of very character driven, quirky uh, comedy. And um, I played the romantic lead um, who was, I think, kind of like a little bit modeled after the lead in Annie Hall, um, the Woody Allen film, and um, it was a lot of fun. I had to cry a lot, and, <laughs> and I don't actually know if I'm that good at crying on cue anymore, but I used to be really good at So I just, water, like, I was gushing water, and everyone was really impressed, and that was <laughs> a big moment for me that I could do it, because sometimes 
you know, I don't know if you've experienced this in your um, radio and podcasting work, but sometimes you can do something in prep, but you don't know if you actually get up there. Can you actually do it? And so I cried a lot of cute practicing, but the, you know, when all the lights are on you and everyone's staring at you, you know, you don't know until it happens. Have you ever had something like that? Sometimes, like occasionally, none come to mind, but I do relate to what you're saying and I can definitely agree with what you're saying there the two most underrated skills ever is being able to write backwards and be able to, <laughs> and be able to cry whenever you want yes. it's amazing yes. like me and myself if I'm watching an emotional movie I'll, I'll just go that's very sad I wouldn't actually cry I'm very jealous of your skill and I know that sounds very weird and I'm kind of questioning it now but I, I do I am a bit jealous of that skill um so moving on uh thank god from that uh do you have a favorite aspect of filmmaking because there's a lot of aspects and it's very interesting the journey to create a piece of work like a film um well there's a lot of things that I I like um I think what I really like about indie filmmaking, like working on um, my own small films uh, that I've been doing, um, is that I get to kind of take over whole departments, you know, on a bigger film or a show, there's a department and a department head, and, you know, there's a lot of people in each department doing each thing, but an indie film, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do yourself and what you feel like you need help for, and obviously some of that's budget driven and some of it's vision driven, but um on this um sci-fi i film i did losing the spark that's in festivals right now i kind of took over whole departments i did all the casting i did all the costuming i did um craft services which is all the catering and so it's kind of it's kind of great because um if you have a really strong vision on an indie film you can kind of do whole parts by yourself which is wonderful because you can put your exact signature on it and obviously in a feature film it becomes harder or if it's a huge budget film but on the small film uh it's wonderful to be able to craft each part and um my whole family is kind of we're kind of a ragtag bunch of rowdy artists my husband's also a, <laughs> a filmmaker and an actor and a writer and and very skilled technically and um my children five and six both act and so Part of what I love about working on anything creative, any kind of storytelling in our house is that everybody will be involved, everybody will be chiming in, even, you know, frequently officially involved and not officially involved and completely involved in the spirit and in everything and, and it's really wonderful. You know what actually I really, really think that's a brilliant, brilliant answer because like it's brilliant because of kids my age 11, 12, 13. Um, I'm not all those ages, <laughs> but, but I'm in that bracket. I'm turning 12, um, 23rd of July this year, uh, 2023. But yeah, woohoo! <laughs> but the thing is, is that in our world today, there's a lot of creative aspects. There's theatre, there's acting, there's making music, there's drawing, there's artistry, there's so many different things. And if you went to every single kid, sorry, um, something happened there if you went to every single kid in my class um I'm in fifth class which is the equivalent of I'd say sixth grade um in America or fifth or sixth grade yeah 
basically they can all say oh I love drawing or I love um making music or I love listening to music now I'm a bit mad when I'm going oh I like doing a podcast but it's it's very interesting how everybody likes different things especially kids in my class are mad about films so it's it's brilliant it's brilliant about that so I really really like the answer you had for that um so I'm going to stop blabbering on and boring you and move on to my next question. You've done some acting, which is very interesting. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? How did you find acting? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it kind of found me. I mean, I, I, it, it, it just kind of found me. I mean, um, I briefly went to school before I was homeschooled. And when I was in school, I, I did some kind of small school plays and things, which I loved. And then um, when I was homeschooled, I um, wrote my own plays and did my own little films, filming my cousins, acting out my plays. And um, I was just sort of in love with um, live performances, as I said, and I still, I don't know, almost anything else that gives me quite the thrill of going to a live performance, whether it's live theater or opera or ballet or jazz club or a concert in the park I just love that energy um and um you know I also love writing and research and everything behind the scenes and um one of the great things about filmmaking is you can do both but as an actor it's fun to kind of be in the face of things and in the moment and I just sort of fell into doing theater and then it was just such a a wonderful feeling you know there's something really special about um theater when you can act and then immediately feel the reaction of the audience and um it's a wonderful wonderful tool and um i did some stand-up as well which i really liked because again you get that audience feedback and film it's a little more challenging because there's no vibe telling you if you're connecting with anybody um and as an actor i felt like film is a little more challenging in that way but it's kind of fun to enter all these imaginary worlds going onto a set for the first time i just found so magical i played an elf bride on a sitcom and when I, I i went there first for wardrobe fitting for them to test this wedding gown on me and it fit perfectly the the costume people are usually so incredible and then when i came back all these incredible sets had been wheeled in for this elf wedding and every single part of the sets was just meticulously handcrafted and sometimes there's something amazing about walking onto a set it's like stepping into a, a literal physical manifestation of someone's imagination and kind of my imagination is my favorite place to be so it's a, a really great feeling yeah I, I... You've said so many things there. I'm kind of like my brain's kind of going through them one by one going, what am I going to say here? <laughs> I have a couple of points. Yes, I completely agree with you there. And I and I, I I'm actually going to come back to stand up in a question later in the interview. But I quite like the stand up that I have seen is very, very funny, mm. like very, very funny, like Seinfeld that the. Mm. Like some of those earlier episodes are very funny, but anyways, I'm gonna move on from that. Um, I have something actually that is kind of like in school we'd call it a connection to what you're saying about you're saying about a jazz club and filming, and for some reason my brain 
connected these two things. Have you ever watched the movie Soul? Oh my gosh, I yes. love Soul. I love Soul. I've been kind of obsessively rewatching it. Um, I watched it when it was first released and um, on streaming, and then I've been just sort of obsessively watching because I feel like every time I rewatch it, there's some magical new thing I notice. I mean, like that, that probably, wow, like the half note jazz club is just a brilliant idea. My, actually, have you ever watched 22 versus Earth? It was a short. Short, yes, yes. Yeah, I that's, yeah. No, not many people have watched it when it's very, very good and it ties in with the movie perfectly. Um, yeah. But anyways, that's a brilliant movie. And I think anybody who's watched it would agree. If you have Disney Plus or if you have Sky Store or one of the thousands of streaming services that are in our world today, um, <laughs> please try and find Soul. It's a Disney movie. It's also Pixar and it's very, very interesting. Um, and if I do say it's definitely very family that adults will very much love it as it's a musical and kind of mental journey. And also kids will love it because it's a bit of fun. And it's really, really good. And there's some amazing voices in it. Um, so next, on a different note, um, and this is very, very interesting because I myself love writing. I really, really like writing. Um, as a writer, how do you find writing? Because there are, so, there are so many writers nowadays, especially for kids. But a lot of them write, have different techniques and have different ways of looking at writing. How do you look at writing as a writer? Like in what way? What do you mean? How do you find writing? As in, when when you're writing a book, how do you find it? What does it make you feel? What what do you do, Jarnet? What do you use to try and inspire you? <coughs> well, you know, for a long time, I felt really creatively blocked writing wise. I don't know if you've ever had that, but I I was able to write nonfiction things really easily. And, you know, I wrote a lot of research in college and, and later I wrote different kinds of nonfiction things, but I would kind of struggle with fiction. And I wrote a couple short films and plays and things I was happy with, but I felt like I was really struggling to, to find my voice. And I had a really loud editor in my head because I also edit. And so I couldn't shut off the editor. And, it, and, and so it was kind of terrible because, you know, this editor would be shouting at me in my head while I'm trying to do something creative. And I struggled to just get the flow out without the editor telling me this isn't working. I, I was I was really just, it was really um, yeah. a challenge for me for a while. And then um, when I met my husband, Otto, we really connected creatively right away and we co-wrote some things together and somehow it helped like free up the process i think brainstorming with him just sort of helped things i i found talking with him really inspiring and um and um we also did this kind of crazy thing we moved up to a cabin in the mountains for a while and kind of <laughs> yes yes um, no i mean i mean it's brilliant but that's kind of my reaction for that. Wow. Yes, and and we moved up there basically to to write and to shoot things, and it was really helpful. Like our phones barely worked, our internet barely worked. Um, we were <laughs> kind of like semi on the grid, off the grid. We were in the middle of a national forest, um, and 
it really helped kind of get in touch with my own voice, which I just felt I had trouble hearing, as I said, without my editor. That was really inspiring. And now I, um, I'm just constantly bombarded by things I want to write. And um, ironically, I've never had less time in my life, but I have more things I want to write than ever. So it's kind of funny that way. But now it's really easy. I get story ideas all the time, and I'm somehow able to kind of silence my editor enough to get them out and then bring out my editor at the right time in the process. And I get inspired by art and music and just everything. You know, I have a very similar problem to what you were saying there earlier, the question, and I find it very interesting what you're saying. Not only do I have an editor in my head, on Microsoft Word, every time I open a new document, the editor comes up and it's really quite annoying because <laughs> I'm trying to write something and it comes up, you're not being very concise. You're not having this formatted correctly. And I'm staring at it going, it's just, it's just a story. It's just a story. That's all it is. It's very, very funny in that way that you mentioned that. That's the first thing that came to my mind. And it's kind of disturbing that that's the first thing that came to my mind. But anyways, um, you mentioned the duo of uh, Polish and Gondi called Little Owl House, which, yeah. by the way, I checked it out. It is very, very, very interesting. And it's, it's beautiful, the design of the books. If you haven't looked at it already, please look at um, littleowlhouse.com. Is that right, Amanda? That is, yes. yes. Thank you brilliant brilliant site and um you've got teenage books and also you have kids books and it's it's very well done and there's a lot coming soon so yeah. as i say on the podcast stay tuned <laughs> there's gonna be a lot coming and so how do you find having your own publishing company because it like i mean with great power comes great responsibility with a publishing company Yes, it, it is a really overwhelming project. It's very exciting, but it's very overwhelming, um, especially because um, I'm very interested with the books finding um, a global home. So, you know, when you start looking at all the languages in the world and all the countries in the world, the project just gets bigger and bigger. And um, I'm working now on um, getting some of the books in, into German and into the German market. Um, in German and at the same time, um, you know, the books are kind of available worldwide on Amazon, but I'd like them to find more homes in bookstores in different places. And so, you know, everything kind of involved in the logistics of connecting books to local audiences is uh, sprawling, but also really enticing because I, I find the world a fascinating place and I'm really interested in people's local reading habits and, um, and how people prefer to get their books and how they prefer to read them and um, all of that I think is wonderful and I love talking with people about books. Um, I was really excited about this project a lot because, um, as I said, I studied classics, which is even older Latin and Greek, but I love um, classic literature in general, and um, I was excited by the challenge of trying to find more fresh and kind of visually exciting ways to do new adaptations of classics that might appeal to people who otherwise might not fall in love with them and um so and also maybe expose them to a bit of a younger audience than sometimes finds them um so that part of it has been 
wonderful and um, working on the books makes me fall in love with these um, writers' voices even more. I've been working on a lot of poetry. I kind of fell into this <laughs> poetry uh, space without exactly meaning to. I knew I wanted to do some poets and then I've just been working on so many poets and it's actually been uh, wonderful just to listen to their voices. And it's, I think poetry is like the closest thing you get to music and writing and- um, Yes. You know, and I just love that. It's like lyrics if it was a story. It's yes. exactly what it is. And do you know what? You get us. And I use us as a term of book lovers. Most mm. people don't get us. I, If I see somebody who's reading a book and on the side of the book, they're, they're creasing the spine. That just, I can't deal with that. <laughs> Most people get scared by scary movies. Dog ears is what keeps me up at night. There are so many book lovers out there who, like me, buy loads of books, and you get it. You understand how some readers enjoy their books. You get that some readers have different habits. For, for me, I love just randomly picking up books and reading it. Trust me, like, I am a sucker for books who look pretty. If I think a book looks pretty, I will pick it up and I will read it. And I think that it's brilliant that you understand how a lot of people like books when a lot of people don't. So that's brilliant about your publishing company. And it's it's great about, um, because of that. So now I'd like to move on to something very funny because we've laughed a lot throughout this, yes. like, like, like a lot. And I feel like we're going to laugh a lot here on this question. So I'm kind of nervous to ask it and also really excited at the same time. Um, so, oh, should I say this? Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about your stand-up comedy? <laughs> yes. So um, I started doing stand-up at some point. Um, I was involved in a long-running theater show that was a very dark comedy and um <laughs> and um you know people in the show the director and and the producer and people involved were, kept telling me you, you need to do your own show and i think that they meant um stand up and when they told me i should do my own show i was kind of thinking like a variety show so i started working on this variety show that i eventually did at the same time it became clear to me that they meant stand up and people kept telling me you should do stand up. And then I was like, oh, I actually misunderstood what they were saying. They were saying I should try stand up. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I should try to stand up. Um, so I, um, I started working on some routines and I was always a fan of stand up. There's just um, incredible stand up in LA, just you can go into the big comedy clubs and everybody will just drop in, not even announced and do a set. <laughs> Every huge comic will just walk in and it's it's such a treat. And even the quality of, of stand-up in general, not just famous and renowned comics, but everybody is really high. And, and I love the freedom of stand-up and how liberated it is and how off the cuff it is and how crazy it is. And um, so I'd been a fan for a long time and I started kind of working on some of my own sets and my own material. And um, and then I started performing a few sets and it was really fun. It was a very intense experience because, you know, in, in other forms of acting like theater, you have a script behind you or a story or something. In stand-up, it's just you 
And <laughs> that part of it is intimidating in a way, um, but also really fun. And, um, you know, one of the things I love about acting is that you can escape yourself, sort of the confines of who you are, where you're from, the way you feel about things, you know, your profession, your family history, like you can wipe it all clean and you can experience as much as anyone can, what it's like to be someone else or what it's like to live in someone else's shoes. Um, and I love that feeling. It just feels really intoxicating to me. And um, in stand-up, it was kind of similar because even though you have your stand-up persona, which is ostensibly you, you know, in my real life, I feel like I'm usually very well-mannered and um, kind of polite. And <laughs> and in stand-up, I could just be anything I wanted to be. I could be loud. I could be rude. I could swear a lot. I could be profane um, in some settings. In other settings, if it was like a, an older crowd or, um, you know, a more settled crowd, I could just do very polite kind of family comedy. But I found like being able to say things I would never in real life ever say and make really inappropriate jokes and um, and sort of like express a totally different personality was also really, really liberating. Um, although shocking to my friends. I, I'm not sure some of them ever <laughs> recovered from uh, seeing my stand <laughs> Out of all the words you used, you picked recovery. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I think, Yes, and I don't think also in real life that I'm, I'm never someone thinks of as the funny person. So in addition to being more profane and outspoken, I think people were like, "But you're not really that funny." Um, <laughs> because I'm not really. That's that, that's quite upfront. <laughs> I, I don't know. Should I be laughing at that, or should I be kind of going? Mm. So I'm kind of confused now. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> But um, it was wonderful. It was really fun. And um, it's a really interesting form of, of acting that is, you know, very challenging, but very liberating in its, in its own way. And because I love that audience connection, it doesn't get more pure than in stand-up. People give you such a reaction, unless the audience is having a terrible night, and then <laughs> you don't get anything. You just get people looking at their phones. But assuming that the audience is having a good night, the the like waves of you know laughter and camaraderie and the snorting and all of the reactions that people give you are just, I mean, they're so heady and so wonderful. To feel that sense of the room is is just such a gift. Actually, sorry, before I continue, I just want to turn on my light because oh, it's it's kind of like I'm doing some emo gaming at the moment <laughs> in my bedroom when really I'm running a podcast. So just give me a sec. Yay! Exactly. Um, so I was going to say was there, um, not only are yawns contagious, but so is laughter. Everybody wants to laugh. Um, yes. So I think it's like, I mean, I very much love comedy and sometimes laughing is very funny. If you have somebody laughing, there was a thing where there was a study done on a really good family friendly show on Netflix called Brainchild. And what they did was they put a video of a log burning on a fire and they told one of the kids to laugh. And the kid just started randomly laughing. The rest of the group started laughing in about 10 seconds. 
and four of them started laughing, kids. Then in the other study, they didn't ask anybody to laugh, nobody laughed. Ah. If somebody laughs, it's like it's funny. And then you feel like you've got to laugh and it brings you in to the whole thing. Um, and that's where I saw a very, like, I mean, this was very funny. One time there was a video that I saw online somewhere. My dad showed me it. And it was a random French TV show where it was literally, they got somebody with a, with a weird laugh to laugh and somebody else laughed at it who had a weird laugh. So everybody was laughing at each other's weird laughs. So that's literally what the whole show was about. And it was it, like, I mean, I was just sitting there for 30 seconds watching it going, seriously, there's still like, it, it was like a domino effect, chain reaction. If one stopped, it would see another one laughing and it would go again. It never stopped. And um, so now for my last and very serious question. Okay, it's just very serious. Uh-oh. After that Uh-oh. laughing one. And this sometimes puts a bit of pressure on people. So let's try this one. I'm not going to put you in for a grilling here. I've asked people this before and they've given some amazing, nearly psychological answers. I'll never forget that interview with John Kelly. That that, 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 that was now, uh, like I'm changed after that in a good way. So now I want you to tell me something that will blow me away about tips. For somebody who wants to become a writer, and start a publishing company, become a producer, become an actor, what tips would you give? Is there any tips for kids or adults who want to get into this business, but just don't know where to start? What would you say? Gosh, that is the question, isn't it? You, you did. It's you, the question. <laughs> you saved the best one for last. Um, well, you know, the easiest way, um, well, I don't know, easy is maybe the wrong word, but one of the simpler ways to get involved um, in entertainment is as an actor. Um, it's, I don't wanna say acting is super easy, but um, it is a way like that children specifically and younger people can get involved in the entertainment industry literally from birth. You know, there are baby actors and toddler actors and child actors and so, um, I think for children who want to be in entertainment, acting is um, one really wonderful avenue. And as an actor, you do learn a lot from what's around you. So if eventually you would instead prefer to be a producer or cinematographer or director or writer, having all the set experience and kind of understanding how things work and how people interact and seeing how things work in real time is a really helpful experience. Um, And, um, you know, as I mentioned, both my children, uh, five and six love acting. And I think it's something that children are really good at. I mean, um, I always felt as a child that people are are kind of too dismissive of children. I think that children have a lot of really special talents and abilities. Um, And sometimes there's not that many ways you can express them as a child, but acting is certainly one of them. However, that being said, now that um, digital cameras and everything are getting cheaper year by year and like phone cameras are getting better and better and better every year, you can also make a film easily as a child if you want to. And, you know, a lot of those barriers that used to be there in terms of the cost of filming and the cost of production are it's true that if you wanted to make a huge blockbuster movie, you need 300 million. But if you simply want to make a good indie film, 
you can make one on your phone or on a relatively inexpensive um, digital camera and you can edit it on your computer with not super pricey software and so if you're um, a younger person who wants to be a filmmaker you can always make your own film and i think if you're not in a big industry hub um, you could be intimidated by not having actors but some of my favorite films use a mix sometimes of actors and non-actors or entirely non-actors i think if you know how to cast the right person in the part you can use non-actors really effectively yeah, so I, actually yeah you know um the safety brothers or indie filmmakers are really like often use a mix of real people um as well as actors to kind of give more texture and realism to their films and there have been a lot of indie films sometimes where there's hardly a real actor in it. Um, and so I think if you're, you know, you really want to make a film and you don't have a lot of actors in your area, you can also use real people. I think what's great about indie filmmaking is you can kind of pop the lid off what a film is. Like one of the um, films that I and um, my husband have at festivals right now, we just shot really simply in black and white and it's all in one room. And it, you know, it ended up being a really impactful story, but there's no razzmatazz, there's, you know, there's no change of locations, there's, you know, nothing really except uh, a really simple black and white story um, that happens in one room. And so it's hard to write that as a writer, it's hard to like sit down and not start writing scenes that involve locations and, and, and lots of things happening. But if you can stumble on a story that's really simple, you know, it's pretty easy now to shoot something um, yourself. Um, that would be my thought as a filmmaker specifically, which I do think it's not easy to obviously get hired or work as a filmmaker, but it's really easy now to make your own film. If you have a vision, there's really not all these like technical and budget barriers that used to be in the way that were really insurmountable. And now they're they're pretty simple to overcome because the storytelling technically almost anybody can do it um and for writing you know writing as a child that's not insurmountable at all i think i think you can definitely um write and and of course some children are published and the difficulty is like in connecting with um you know a small publisher or book agent that will promote your story and then it's just kind of finding the publishers in your niche and reaching out to them and i think a lot of people are just really touched and fascinated by people who know their journey from early on and would want to celebrate um younger writers as well well done you crushed the any tips question <laughs> oh. I, I have so many different things to say right now um uh, the first thing that I like to say is just for just for some information. It's very funny. Is that you can be a born actor, but you can't be a born musician. That's right. You, no, but listen to this. This is where it gets funny. Ed Sheeran. Mm. Like if you if if you see the video where he plays the first time he recorded a song, mm. your ears nearly bleed. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. And then also, I think it's very interesting that you say about child um, writers and actors, because 
my sister does a thing called Vicky Berry and it's very, very good. And she tries she, she, and she's brilliant and she achieves so much by being a, um, an actor. And I think it's very interesting that kids are, are able to be to act more nowadays than they did 50 or 60 years ago. And then as well, yeah. child writers are very popular nowadays. Yes. Like even me, I think three or four months ago, I finished a short story Ooh, called yay! Finn. And it was 136 pages. And I spent mm. about a year on it because I wasn't working on it full time. And I remember doing it and I found it so amazing. It was really fun to do just to have that for myself. Um, and I know a lot of people would read that and go, who is twisted enough to write this? <laughs> but then again, I'm twisted enough to write it. And I'm proud of it. So that's one way of looking at it. And then the last thing that I want to say about that is, a lot of things can be done very simply. Some simple and some people might call boring situations can be amazing. Very yeah. long, brilliant films and recordings. For example, there's one drama on one episode on RT Radio 1, which um, is Ireland's, one of Ireland's main radio stations called Wine from Greenland by Alejandro Nicholson. Um, I know it's sad that I know that off by heart, but <laughs> I've listened to that drama on one so many times, 10 or 20 times. And it's half an hour about two men sitting down, getting some wine from Greenland and going, do you know what? We are prisoners of our own lives. We, we should move to Greenland. And they go on this mad journey and they end up giving out to each other and hating each other by the end of it. Oh, and at the end of it. It's not supposed to be funny. Like it's, it's honestly, it was never supposed to be funny. I would treat that as a dark humor mm. because I love having the headphones in. Everybody else is focusing on something else being really quiet. Meanwhile, I'm listening to two men shouting over a table in my ears. <laughs> and I think that's brilliant because it's half an hour of two lads having an intense conversation about the meaning of life. And mm. I kind of can't look at life the same way after it. So it's very interesting how films and recordings can affect you. Because I'm not saying that recordings are the only thing that can do that. Films are very, very good. Um, and I know there's some kids in my class who love films. And me, myself, I have a very low attention span. <laughs> They're tiny. <laughs> I mean, I, I find it hard to read the one book at a time. I have to differentiate between things to keep myself excited. But <laughs> anyways, I, I never actually sit down and usually watch a full film. Which, mm. like, there's a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, and he's always been asking me to watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm always going, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I'm still <laughs> on Captain Marvel, the first Avenger. The, the first <laughs> Avenger. And I'm about halfway through it and I've been trying to watch it for weeks. And it's not my family's fault that I've never got to it. <laughs> it's because I'm trying to go through it and my attention span's just getting lower and lower and lower and, until it snaps. And I end up throwing up a sitcom on or something. <laughs> but anyways, I think that was a brilliant, brilliant answer. And I have to say, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Like... These yeah. interviews are amazing to do, and especially with you, because I've never had a very laughy one. <laughs> I've, I've never had, no, 
no, I, I genuinely never have. It's, it's some of the moments in this. I'm going to watch back on this now, and I'm going to find it not hard to cry with the laughter. Because <laughs> that's what I do. I, I, I sit on my chair, I start laughing. Then I get up, I'm crying with laughter. Then I start choking up a bit, and I have to go to the bathroom to make sure that I'm all right. And then I come out, and somebody tells another joke, and it's just laugh get up choke repeat laugh get up choke repeat so that kind of thing so it's really like been amazing to talk to you about so many different subjects that are very interesting and that i've invested a lot of time in so thank you so much for chatting to me today amanda and i will definitely definitely keep in touch for some more laughs and some more intense talks about different things oh it was it was such a delight and congratulations again on your album i'm going to go back to listening to it it's just it's wonderful thank wonderful. you I, I really appreciate that because i've never heard anybody call my album wonderful even myself i i i look at it and i kind of i don't frown i don't smile i just go i did that <laughs> yay <laughs> no it's, it's it's lovely it's really lovely listening it has this wonderful in parts it feels very jazzy in parts it's got kind of an alternative rock feeling in parts it feels very edm and then some of it's very shoegazing i just love all the textures in it yeah it, it's it's quite interesting i never thought i'd do a one genre album because again low tension spam can't do the same thing for 16 songs so i had to change it up a bit like i have an acoustic guitar there an electric guitar i sat down once plugged in my amp and I shoegazed for 20 minutes straight. <laughs> the only reason why I stopped was because my mom called me. I had a timer next to me. I was playing the same thing, except differentiating, differentiating between different chord progressions for 20 minutes. Like, and that, and that is how, that is how strange it is to be creating an album. And even creating the album cover, that took me 10 minutes. Yet it oh. fits the album perfectly. Yeah. Because I, I searched up a bright kitchen. What came up was that, and I kind of went, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> I had to kind of get used to it because I used an AI to create it. And then I put oh. it in, and I, and I put it, because I always use that because I am not talented enough to illustrate an album cover. Like, mm -hmm. The album is mad, but the album cover, if I had to do it, so I, I ask AI most of the time to help me out with it, but I think it was brilliant to be able to do it. And now I'm able to look at that and go, well, that's done. <laughs> but anyways, I'm blabbing on now, but it's, it's really been amazing to talk to you, Amanda, and I will definitely keep in touch. And thank you so much for the brilliant rating on my album. It, it, it's, it's amazing to hear that because I rate albums myself. So to hear that from somebody who likes my album, that's really amazing. Oh, it Thank has. It's a wonderful, wonderful chat. You're so welcome. It's just been a delight. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. Now I am dying in the heat here, so I gotta go. <laughs> All right. Like I I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> wearing a t-shirt. Yes, it's a bit thick, but it's a t-shirt. So I'm gonna have to go. It's been brilliant to talk to you though, Amanda. Just I'm afraid I'll die if I stay here any longer with the heat. Um any and you're preparing for a heat wave. It's I about am. 90, it's about 19 degrees Celsius here. 
<laughs> and you're preparing for a heat wave. Meanwhile, you're just sitting there. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to go on with that anymore. Thank you so much, Amanda. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Logan Sounds Off. You can follow me on X, Facebook, and Instagram at Logan Sounds Off. And don't forget to subscribe and not miss any more cool episodes. Bye, guys.